We're going to leave the door open for you to listen to this one. I'm Charlie. And I'm Corey. And this week, we will be discussing Corey's pick for this month, which is An Evening with Silk Sonic. For those who don't know what Silk Sonic is, it is a super duo of Bruno Mars and Anderson Pock. One of these stars is hugely popular, has had many of the biggest hits of the past 15 years at this point, which is crazy to think about. But he's been omnipresent in popular music for a while now. It's I mean, I still remember when I first heard Nothing on You. Most deaf. And he's still a major A-list pop star making hits. And he's changed a lot since then, but he's still doing it. And uh, we have Anderson Pock, who's a more underground artist, but one who's gotten enough cred out there to get his name out there, even if he doesn't have hits on the level of Bruno Mars. Yeah, I mean, he's been on some, but you're right. He's a name that the the populace, I would say, for a large part, aren't really familiar with. And it, in my opinion, that adds a lot to this dynamic between them. Yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned that because this dynamic came about because during the European leg of Bruno's 24 Karat Magic world tour his opening act was anderson pock and that was how these guys met and they ended up collaborating a bit on tour and they hit it off but it was put on hold for a bit but they came back together a few years later in 2021 long story short to form silk sonic and it's pretty interesting they look at things very differently musically bruno even said i work with from the back with guitar and piano Anderson Pock is all about the percussion. There was no doubt in their mind as to what they wanted to do, which was really go deep into this old retro funk soul sound, which is frankly in keeping with what Bruno Mars has been doing for a while at this point. I'm with you there, but even more so, look at the last, including this album, look at the last three albums we've done and how much each time it's been like we're going back. We're going yeah. back. We're going back, which is wild. Everybody's finding inspiration in the 80s and 70s that, that we've been talking about. Oh, yeah, most definitely. But these guys actually really took that 70s inspiration a step further. They decided to reach out to legendary funk guitarist Bootsy Collins to be a part of this project. And Bootsy actually came up with the name Silk Sonic. And they play the part. They dress as these characters. And they perform as if they're on Soul Train. That's the gimmick. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you say it because this is more than just, it's exactly like you said, it's more than just two artists coming and fusing their, their musicality and their stylings. These guys went to character to the point, and we talked about this the other week, I don't think on, on air, but Bruno was smoking a cigarette on the Grammys. Like getting it done and totally in character. And now they have been put in a Vegas residency. Yeah. It, yes, they did have one this past year. I don't know if it's continuing into this year. Yeah. I don't think it's still going on, but I, yeah, because I haven't heard anything about that. But yes, they did. Because Bruno's been doing Vegas shows for a few years now. He had a, he's had a contract with the Park MGM since it opened. I know that because he side contract at the same time Cher did. Those were their two big gets, Bruno and Cher are opening this up. And Cher's been on hiatus, of course, for obvious reasons. But Bruno is 
still playing. I think more dates were just announced. I'd love to go to one of his shows at National Harbor, but not cheap. Yeah. Not cheap. Bruno's coming to National Harbor? He has before. Dude, this you talk about not cheap. This residency, and I'm not knocking anybody. I'm not even getting into that, but this residency for was expensive. I looked into going and seeing one night of it, and it was like, whoa. And, and I don't I don't even mind where I sit. And it was still like, yeah. And I yeah. really, I really wanted to see this on stage. And we'll we'll talk about it, of course, throughout the evening, but it's it had to be that show. I, yeah. you know, but I think that's actually so fitting that it was a Vegas residency, though. Agreed. I totally because agree. this is so uh, this is such a character album. And I mean, honestly, at times this could almost qualify as comedy as an album, especially with a narrator like bring the funk Bootsy Collins. Yeah, you know, really? uh, that mirrored a lot of the old Bootsy Collins for me from the P-Funk days or even just the Bootsy days. He's always had a little bit of comedic air to his to his stylings and his wild ranting narrations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's Bootsy, baby. I, mean, what, I, what I got that from this album. They definitely were all in. It's very tongue in cheek. It's all a joke. It, well, it's a good thing that it is. I will say that because uh, some of this stuff, if it weren't a joke, it wouldn't sound good. But because it is, it's OK. Heard. Yeah, and they also really wanted to just make fun music. They didn't want to talk about societal issues or real world problems. That was kind of like what Beyonce did with Renaissance. She said, I want to create an escape. And these guys were doing the same thing. I mean, it seems this pandemic it got artists to either really look inward or to create escapism music. Yeah, I, I mean, I say sometimes both. I think that's very powerful. Yeah. And I think, in my opinion, both albums can do just as much power, but sometimes you need the, uh, the feel-good, funky, laugh album to really bring an air to society. I, you know, uh, th- this one hit me that way, too. It hit me that way. It's it's that happy vibe. We don't, you know, every song doesn't need to to be out there picketing. That, you know, it's very important that, that artists speak their mind, but sometimes you got to bring that levity, and that's definitely what this one did. For me. Yes. And uh, the people responded to it. So, so far, this album debuted at number two upon release. It was a crowded release time. So it didn't get the number one because of Taylor Swift and then Adele the next week. I couldn't find it. I wanted to ask you. It was it was Tay Tay. Top yes. of the charts on my boys. And then Adele. OK, I, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are two good luck topping them on the charts if they put out that release and it was because of those releases i held off on listening to this but now i'm wishing i had sooner because it's such a fun time it is indeed it is indeed when they announced that first single from then on like it was the waiting game for me on this one um i haven't I haven't looked forward to an album like this in a hot minute. Uh, And this was definitely one that I was drooling for. Oh, yeah. You were talking about this very soon after release. You loved it immediately. When they dropped Leave the Door Open, as and I knew where they were going, I had already seen the picture from the the cover, and I knew they were going 70s at least for, for their vibe. But to really hear that one for the first time, it was a cool one. And then, like I said, it was drooling because it was a hot minute between them or it felt like a long time. Well, no, it really was. You can see that just based on the grabbies because the song Leave the Door Open 
was able to sweep at the Grammys, but the album would have been nominated in a different cycle. But of course, these guys decided not to submit this past Grammy ceremony because of the fact that Leave the Door Open did so well at the previous one. And admittedly, the competition this year was a lot fiercer at the Grammys. Because last year's was an odd batch of nominees. It's not, Leave the Door Open's a great song, but it's very clear why it won. I'll say that. (laughs) Based on the nominees. Heard that. But yeah, overall, the people have responded to the album and they were able to have a successful Vegas residency. That's saying something at not cheap prices. So (laughs) uh, with that being said, are you ready to dive on into this one? Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, pure 70s. So we begin with the Silk Sonic intro, which is a lot of Bootsy Collins talking on that one, but that just sets the tone for the album, I think. It it not only sets the album, um, but when you are going to do two young guys are going to do a 70s throwback and get in character, you can't ask for a better guy to go to, especially for the an older crowd like myself that know Bootsy for Bootsy. When you hear him, it automatically, uh, I'll go subconscious lish, listener almost, it automatically puts me in the 70s funk. It makes a smile go across my face automatically. And maybe I'm just speaking for me, but I start smiling as soon as he's like, Oh, baby, you know, you know, it's Bootsy. And and this is this is exactly what that intro does. Uh, It sets the tone for this. I like how you said character album, because I was trying to figure out I I don't feel like this is a concept. And I wanted to to get words for that. And character album is so on on point there. I love that. This is this is a setup for that character album. And this is your jester, so to speak, you know, giving us the prologue to to what we're about to go on the adventure with, you know? And really characters for a show because they think of this an evening with Silk Sonic as a live show. They want to give you a performance with this and that's what they're giving you. And they decide let's have some, what better funk person to host this evening than Bootsy Collins. And that was a smart move because not the artist I'm the most familiar with musically, but he, you're right. He has that, persona like what is stevie wonder gonna do the intro no it it had to be somebody with that out there persona who knows how to laugh at himself and it's just funny and goofy i feel like george clinton would be the only other voice that would automatically put me there and he's just not in a place to do something like this i think and that's another reason why bootsy was was such a great pick here they actually ended up releasing this with the single so we got the Bootsy Collins intro and then uh, leave the door open and then nothing else for a hot minute. Uh, <laughs> so. See, I didn't know that because obviously when going out, you only heard leave the door open. Oh, of course. Of course. But, <laughs> speaking <laughs> of which, I guess we could talk about leave the door open, our track two, which was a uh, album's lead single, huge number one hit, of course. This was pretty inescapable, swept the Grammys, as we said not hard to see why I'm, this is just this is a slow jam and uh, pure philly soul that's the sound of it this is that pure harold melvin and the blue notes feel Ooh. that's what they're going for here and they do it really well and the lyrics are kind of silly but honestly you don't remember that really because the song just it, you it's a song you melt into i think that's how i would describe this song 
that's a really great way to describe how you get into it, especially with it opening with those chimes. We get a full on Bootsy intro and then lights off, you know, and all stage lights off. And then boom, that chime, slow chime brings us into exactly what we were we were hoping for uh, with this slow jam. You do. You melt into this one. The composition on this is just by far some of the best composition I've heard in a long time. I really enjoy the the melding of styles and and this is our first instance of it but when you talk about Pac and him approaching it from that rhythmic from that drum sense and and Bruno coming the other way the way they meet right here you you released a slow jam for your first single and it blew up and went crazy and that is all about the way that this is composed and, and done. It, it is, it's perfect. Nostalgia bombs all over it as far as sounds go. Just like you said, a, a great way to open this album too. Oh, most definitely. And also I have to say the thing that always stood out to me the most about this was Bruno's vocal on it. I mean, he's always been a strong vocalist that's never been questioned, but I mean, even in comparison to a slow jab like Versace on the floor, this just with the collaboration just goes to that next level, I think. And I mean, he just sounds great on it. His voice soars on it. And this is what he was always meant to be doing when you hear him do it. That's just, (laughs) that's it. Because I remember, no, really, I remember. No, there's no other way to say it. This is his calling. This is their calling. This is it. Because when he first started, I mean, his first big couple hits were ballads, but not these kind of ballads. They were like your adult contemporary, vaguely R&B kind of thing, this just the way you are, grenade. And those were very successful. But as an artist, it just, I think we've learned that's just not him. This is him. And uh, I mean, this is so much more effective than any of that was early on for me. This just is on that next level. And he's having fun with it. That's the other thing. It's not too serious. It's all fun. That that super subconscious listening uh, and more so just energy in the universe. That fun that they're having, you're so right on. That just comes straight through. And there's no other way. I, I you know, I was saying I smile as soon as I hear Bootsy. You, you hit it right there. The fun comes through. What a great one. Yeah. Leave the door open. I think it's safe to say just... Uh, I feel like already we're going to be seeing this hailed as a, one of the best songs of the decade because it's already cemented itself as one, I think. it's, And I think time will be kind to it. I'm pretty certain of that. It already has a Fortnite emote. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. It, it does. Well, actually, they're both in Fortnite and, and their 70s getup, but it, yeah. it broke through quick. And it's crazy to think the label wasn't sure about this as the first single, but how wrong they were. They're they're always wrong. <laughs> they are. They are a lot of the time because obviously yeah. this was it. This is the perfect introduction to this project. Of course. <laughs> like nothing else could have been the lead single. No. But it's not all going to be slow jams here. No, we got to get a little funky and we're going to do that with our next song, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Fly as may. Uh, this is really an Anderson Pock showcase all around. It's his high point of the album for sure. He just, he needs somebody as fly as him. That's what it is. And I mean, it's a funny song. It's got a great groove and I just, I really enjoy his flow on it. And I mean, this one, if any song on the album is guilty of being too goofy, it's this one. <laughs> I've got to say that now. Dude. But it's still it's still a fun tune, but it's one I definitely feel like I'd have to be in the complete mood to listen to. I, I love it. I love it. This one for me is so cool because in that same right, I feel like it can be taken both ways. Like as a guy saying it to his girl like you deserve to be with somebody be seen with somebody as fly as me or just one of the homies i like to think of this one getting ready in like vegas or atlantic city a lot of these tones hit me right to that but like getting ready talking to my boys telling they deserve to be seen with somebody as flies me i love that goofiness on this track it's it's again that fun but also we get that energy for the first time coming out of leave the door open and, and we're off uh, to the races, so to speak, as far as that goes. Um, Pac-Man, you said it. It's it's his show on this one and all over the place. Not just, you know, in, in the silliness we see, but in, in the musicality. This feels like it came from that rhythmic Pac. And it's a tiny bit, if I got a nitpick on this track, it's a tiny bit too long for me. Just a bit. And it's only 339, which is saying something, because that fun goes... But there's just a little bit of empty space in here. I'm super nitpicking on this. And again, I've listened to this album way too much. Just not this week. I love this album. So I, I'm being super critical. And I, I wanted to talk about that in the intro, but it, it's definitely, it was definitely a super challenge to sit back and be like, all right, critique this album because I, I've been so deep in it for so long. But yeah, flies me just a little bit too long. Love that fun. Love that fun. Yeah. Honestly, this is unlike any album we've done yet, too. So sure. I think so. <laughs> Most definitely. And it's also the shortest album we've done in a while, too. That, that's true. That's true. And it doesn't feel that short when you listen to it. Or no. I, it didn't feel that short when I listened to it for the first time. Now, it, you can, it's definitely shorter than I want it to be, I think. <laughs> that That is fair. But... Uh, we're not even close to the end yet, don't you worry. We are still got a lot to go with track number four. After last night, this is the one song here crediting Bootsy Collins and Thundercat are both credited as featured here. Um, Bruno said specifically this song's meant to be played live. That's yeah. the intention of it. And a bit more of a serious slow jam. It's like after last night, gotta change my ways. Um, this one's grown on me a bit. At first, I felt like I really liked the vocals, but I felt like it was a bit production. Um, I felt like there was a bit too much going on in the mix. But the more I've listened to it, the more it's come together for me. It's still not my top one here, but I do find myself enjoying it more with repeated lessons. First listen through, this was gun to my head, my least favorite song. And when you say clutter, are you talking about like, the girl talking and everything going on or it's mostly towards the outro it's more so like just like there's just like too many instruments at once at times i think and then 
just two, like Bootsy's talking. You got Bruno on. It's just a bit jumbled, but it comes together the more you listen to it, in my opinion. It does indeed, especially on that production level where you were saying it's a production because, again, we go to they get me with exactly what they want me to hear. You know, I get that dirty 70s after sex cigarette song next morning in this case, you know, but automatically, you know, uh, they, they don't waste any time with her telling you how great it was last night. And, and I love that they do that, but this one takes a little bit too long to get there on first listen. And it does in composition, it ends up super cluttered as we go through this. It definitely has grown on me, but it definitely first time through was a tough one for me. Yeah. It was a little like hiccup almost. Yeah, it was. And at first I was kind of like, where are we going with this? I'm not quite sure this was what I was expecting at first after this, but. You definitely don't expect it to go in. I think I'm in love with you from like the Uh, dirtiness of the start. I I do like that about this song, uh, you know, and once you get down on it, it has definitely some layers going on. You don't expect it to be like, I love you. (laughs) I fell in love with you, girl. (laughs) Well, I will say, based on what I was hearing from the album, uh, the representation I got, some of it was definitely from the next song, which was a hit from this album, Smoking Out the Window. (laughs) Um, Oh boy, this is a fun one. It's, It's basically two guys just ranting about their exes, and they've got some killer lines in here. I mean, come on. She got my kids running, got her kids running around my crib like it's Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, I'm telling you, this, you know, this started out as a joke backstage with them. So any, I don't know, maybe I'm old school. Maybe I'll just speak from me. If you're ever in a relationship where you're liking the other person and she don't like you smoking, you're smoking out the window. There, there is so much relatability in this song about just being pissed off that it's your crib, you know, you're taking care of everything and she's got you smoking out the window. I mean, hanging out the window, smoking in your own house. I love it. There's And there's so much fun back and forth. You're right. Lines on lines in this one. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to say this. It's a good thing this is clearly meant to be comedic because, oh, if it weren't, I would totally say this song is completely misogynistic. <laughs> well, it can it can be both in this you know I mean, they're playing but they're oh, you're be, right but the delivery of it i can yeah. tell it's like i mean it's clearly exaggerated if you're going to be saying this bitch got me paying the rent yeah, but yeah. they're doing it in a joke way like at first i was like something about this like i hadn't really listened to it deeply and i thought hmm i don't know if this is a like i don't know how i feel about this this is kind of Oh, I don't know, but then I kind of got more into it, and it's like, I totally am in on the tongue-in-cheek vibe of it all, and it's just, it's a lot of fun. It just wasn't a song, like, I'd heard it before it was a hit, but I hadn't done a deep listen of it until now, because these were just songs you'd hear going out. I love this character album thought, because they get away with that. They get away with that because of the character album. You're right. They get, you know, you know who this character is. It's over embellished. It's tongue in cheek and it's fun. <laughs> you know, it, it's not mean spirited either. No, not in any at way, all. In any way. I, you know what? 
every girl I know loves this song. And not because of the beat. They love laughing at it. You know what I'm oh, saying? And every guy loves it so because everybody can relate. Even if it's not smoking out the window, that that analogy there about having to do something that you should be able to do in your own house is there for everyone. So they they got that. They wanted us, they wanted us to hear something and we heard it again. And they, they've been firing on all cylinders in that respect so far on this album. I agree with that completely but this is also a song that needs some balance because it's so so out there but fortunately they're going to give it to us with our next song which is put on a smile and this is kind of the other side of the heartbreak it's not the anger it's not i'm mad that she got me doing this this and this it's i'm upset and this is really this is bruno's main showcase on the album this is hit a solo track essentially for him and uh, I mean, he's just trying to be okay when he's not. And I have to say, I just find that very relatable because it's sometimes just hard in any situation to keep going out like everything's fine. And it really isn't. You're really just kind of struggling. But and he's here like, I'm just out here being the life of the party, buying shots for everybody. But like deep down, you're just, you're missing somebody and uh, the only thing we're smiling for is not there. And it just, it hurts deep down. You're just trying to do it and make it sound okay, even though it's not. And that's very relatable. But fortunately, it's not too depressing. The arrangement's gorgeous. The vocal is fantastic. And love this. While Bruno was working on the bridge, he got the idea to just call up Babyface. <laughs> Help him with the song and Babyface said, you got to take it up a bit. And uh, we've got put on a smile. And this is definitely a great song of this album. Definitely a top one for me here. Yeah, I didn't know the Babyface thing, but I totally agree with you on, on a bunch of, of points that you touched on. One, where this fits in on the album couldn't be more perfect uh, as far as leveling out the crazy, wild rambunctious male energy that's flowing on this hardcore Two, bruno kills this kills this song really love him on this i really the backing vocals on the hook the put on a smile that hits so perfect for me I, the only way to explain it is it's just right back into that 70s sound and it's it's just one of those nostalgia bombs that hits i really i love the composition on this song and I'll say it again, it couldn't be put in a better spot on this album. Completely agree. This one's guaranteed to make you put on a smile. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. And so is the next song, which is also perfect placement. Our track seven is 777, and it's all about gambling. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's Of course, you love this song. I'm not surprised you love this song. You already know. This is, this is an anthem. <laughs> yeah yeah about to buy las vegas after this roll yes oh my gosh seven 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 what a what a glorious one yeah this is one i feel like you could just read off the lyrics and it's just so funny that it's all you got you just read off the lyrics a lot of this playfulness reminds me of what he was doing in 24 carat uh, uh you know that playful almost poetic uh um, oh, yeah yeah, and it's Bruno. It's Bruno. I love that. This one, this is just that get up. Let's go. 
I mean, it's right there yeah. at the hook. This one is is firing from the get go. Yeah, the horns took, are insane on this. Yes, and he took. I guess he took a dripping in finesse to another level with this high roller shit. <laughs> That's <laughs> what did, I'm thinking. He definitely did, indeed, man. Uh, it's 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 a Vegas song. There's no other way. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's seven seven seven. It is it is that anthem for a night out killing it in vegas wherever you are wherever you're gambling <laughs> but it, it is one of my favorites I, I love this one. Oh yeah this was a love at first listen for me and they opened the grammy awards last year with it which really? was great yeah this was the, they were the opening act of the grammy awards gotcha. just full character of silk sonic <laughs> I, I love them so much does it was this one that you had heard before no heard I don't, I, this one doesn't get radio love like that. This was a single, though, right? No. It wasn't. Okay, okay. I thought this was a single. No, not officially. Got you. But, and I, but I never heard anyone put it on like a touch tunes or anything like I did Smoking Out the Window or actually the next song here. One I got to do a deeper listen to of um, Skate. And it's about roller skating, which is a pure 70s thing. I know one thing of the 70s people know of is a roller disco i mostly know about it because of that 70s show Good. but no hearing this song i think of jackie and fez doing roller disco i mean that's what this song is it's a beautiful callback to the old skate roller disco days and even on like i mean on its in itself like skate on over to me that, that waiting for a girl to skate on over to you it's tough to relate to that if you if you haven't been there because it's it's such a wild little culture the skate culture i grew up in the skateland days you know and it's it's peacock posturing nonstop the whole time on roller skates you know so songs like this would have fit in perfectly back in the day and this is this is a callback this one took a while for me to get in love with though i'm not going to lie this was a single and i remember it hitting and just being like, yeah, the video is sort of tame. It was never one that really hit for me on first listen. You know what they should, you know where they should put this song? Right. It would be inaccurate as anything, but I think they should put this in Stranger Things and have Eleven skate to it. That'd be awesome. They missed, they missed their chance last season. <laughs> they did. <laughs> That'd um, be great. We need to get a montage of Eleven beating that girl up to skate that's a great idea <laughs> sorry if you haven't seen stranger things but if you haven't what are you doing to... we're we're past that we're past that spoiler uh, uh okay <laughs> i know? just wanted to put it out there no no i'm just agreeing with you <laughs> i loved that part when she beat that little bitch's head i know that's really mean of me to say but oh i was happy when she did it she deserved it she did and she's a fictional character, so it's okay for her to deserve it, because... There you go. Mm-mm-mm. Shame, <laughs> shame, shame. Shame, shame. But I do have to say, I can't relate to this song, because I can't skate for shit. Gotta get you out on the Skateland run. Oh, hell no. <laughs> I, I was always invited to Skateland birthday parties, but every time I would get in the skates, immediate fall down. I'm taking you. Oh, that's it. Oh, I'm dragging no. you to Skateland. We're getting everybody. They better have an adult only night. And they better have, oh, <laughs> we have to run it out, but they better play skate. <laughs> oh, man. There it is. That'll be our next TikTok short. 
Charlie, oh. yeah. <laughs> I will. Not on the skates. I, somebody may be harmed in the making of that TikTok, and that somebody might be me. But I, I wish you guys could see Charlie's face right now, but just know that it is a no go for Charlie on skates. <laughs> no, sir. What I, about I'm... what about this song though? How'd you feel? Oh, about I it? love the song. Yeah, <laughs> I can't relate to it, but I love the song. But I, I chose my own association of the of my um, TV friends. Not any parties I went to where I couldn't <laughs> skate. I think of my TV friends, Eric, Jackie, and Fez. There you go. Hey, get into it however you want to, but you got there. Because yeah. <laughs> Eric Foreman was briefly a roller disco king, and that's why he's one of my heroes. So. There you go. There you go. I love it. The deep dives right here. This is this is the real tea, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Yes. And also hot tea take unrelated to this. Eric Foreman should have been on that 90s show way more than he was. Oh. I have a lot of thoughts on that 90s show. I'm going to say that now. But yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but it's it's uh, uh, I have a lot to say about. That's all I can say. Good and bad. <laughs> that, that. We are we are not there yet. We are still at. An evening with Silk Sonic, and we are unfortunately skating our way away from skate and into a bonus track, actually. This is not initially on every edition of the album, but they added a cover tune, actually, a song called Love's Train, originally by the band Confunction. I'd never heard of this song before. Me neither. And... uh, in a nice twist, the band had no idea that this song was covered by Silk Sonic, but they weren't pissed. They were happy about it, which you never hear that happening. Usually it's the artist right. is angry they didn't hear about it. Of course. Wow. Like you'd expect another Khalees episode with uh, Beyonce and Energy again, but nope, not at all. They were very happy they covered it, but they should be because uh, I did listen to the original after this. It's very faithful to it. It's a Pretty straight ahead cover, but that's it fits this project perfectly. This song is this project. I feel like that is the vibe they were going for, and they really went there. This was the perfect song for them to cover, I think. And I really just enjoy how it's done. And not much else to say about it other than that, but I think that this was a smart cover song. Yeah, smart. It, it totally encompassing the whole thought. I, I, I gave you the point when you said it, but I mean, this is really what they they set out to do in a song. Um, this is also so. This wasn't on uh, the first. I want to say like month, month and a half of me listening to this. Maybe maybe longer, but long story short, it wasn't there right off the cut, and it is a super perfect one cover two placement. Because even though, and we'll talk about it when we get there, the next song, I liked its placement. This is like the perfect volleyball setup to the next song, where the next song without this coming off skate was a little bit tougher. I love the way they did this song. You're talking faithful. They were there. It was, it's almost as faithful as bringing Bootsy Collins in, you know, as far as really getting into the character uh, of, of Silk Sonic. And I, I just love the way it's done. You, you, you said it. There's not much else you can say. Composition-wise, I, I would say the same thing every track on here, composition-wise, because they're so 
faithful and so rooted in that 70s sound in the sound that they wanted to that it's just it's just spot on all the way through as far as composition goes oh yeah most definitely if you want that sound reborn if you think i want the music from the good old days this is the album for you and and it's it's spotless too as far as like just musicality it's it's on point you know oh yeah most definitely. I'm not going to disagree with you there at all. And there we have it. We are now at our end because this is our shortest album in quite some time. <laughs> Track number 10, Blast Off. Um, just They're blasting off to some good vibrations. This one does have some space funk in it, which appropriate for a song called Blast Off. Um it's the longest song on the album, and it's not even five minutes, so this is a short album. It won't take up too much of your time to listen to it. Um, I think it's a fine closer for the album. I wouldn't want to put another song here as the closer. My only issue is, after the previous five songs, this just does feel like a letdown to me, and that's not, not so much against this song as it is... Those previous five are all so enjoyable and just encompass what this project needs to be. Like, how do you go from there? I just don't think this one stacks up quite with the others. I don't think it's bad by any stretch of the imagination, but in comparison to what I just got off of, I'm not all the way there for it. Here's the thing. And that's what I was saying about Love Stream. So Love Strain's not there the first time I listened to it and I get to Blast Off. I'll go back to them wanting me to hear what they put on purpose. And I say that because you go back into like P-Funk or Bootsy stuff or, or just really funked out funk back in the day. You always had this like mothership into space or these rockets. So that was a common place for the end of either those songs or those albums to be like, we're going back to space, baby, to the mothership. And I, I could see, even from the title, I could see that this was, in my opinion, I think it, it pays homage to that, but it, it just missed the mark a little bit for me. It's a gr- It's a fine closer and it's a fine song, but as far as hitting that like blast off old schoolness, it just it, it it's a tad off there. That being said, with Love's Train in there, there's a buffer, there's a setup. We switch our brains, that subconscious listener. We switch from the five songs you were talking about. Well, four of them. Yeah, no, well, four of them, yes. But like that power, that wild energy, and Love's Train sort of mellows us out a little bit there. Well, that's why I said the volleyball setup uh for Blast Off. And you know, it in summary, not a terrible song by any right, but just a little bit off the mark for me as a closer. Club, we're on the same page there. That's kind of that's how I feel about it, too. But there. there we have it. An evening with Silk Sonic. An evening you'll never forget, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget it. <laughs> uh, clearly, clearly not. Um, what grade do you give this night out? This one, two, I started to say it earlier, two young guys encompassing that feel and taking it to the level of full-on immersiveness for the listener, for the viewer, and for just that sound, embodying that sound and moment. These guys blew me away. It's been such a wild ride waiting for this album, 
But listening to this album on a critical level, it still finds a really fun and awesome and very, very musically precise way of delivering, even though it missteps here and there. And I'm glad we came to the character album because it really is an awesome character album. I wouldn't want to see this album go farther. I wouldn't want to see it be lessened. It's exactly what it was meant to be. And for that, I'm going to give it a B plus. All right. I, I'm right there with you. That's my grade for it. Because again, they play this sound perfectly. I have no complaints about that, but the characteriness of it, you have to be in the mood for it, in my opinion. It's not something I'm going to be thinking, I want to listen to this every day. Just not for me. I like At times I felt like, and I mean this in the best way possible, there were times I felt like I was listening to a Weird Al album. Heard. Because of the goofiness of it all. And that's, I like Weird Al, but you have to prepare yourself for some silliness on it and you gotta be in the mood for it and i think this album set out to do what it had to do and uh, for that i will give it the b plus and i do think there are a couple slight messed here that's why i bring it down but the good stuff here is great yeah i agree good stuff here is great man that's it for super bowl month it is it is it was Crazy. it was awesome awesome ride we had we had two listener suggestions that listen, were yeah incredible and uh, i think we both picked pretty great albums i think so we did indeed Uh, my friends are non-stop hearing me talk about beyonce's renaissance that that i picked that that album really caught its way onto my playlist there's a lot of power in that album oh yeah this this month was super fun oh yeah it was it's uh and the You might be wondering where we go next, but before we start our next month, we actually have a one-off episode we're going to do because uh, it's one that I've had just people I know in conversation when talking about this podcast say, this would be a good album to do. I don't even know if they've listened to us or not, but they said, well, you gotta do it. And it was one you almost did. It's been in the news quite a bit lately. And so... It, the time has come. We will be taking a trip to Harry's house. Harry Styles. That's the next one. Um, yeah, the Grammy album of the year. And uh, I know I disclosed that I don't agree with the decision. I don't think it's a better album than Renaissance. But we are going to discuss the album on its own merits. And I'm looking forward to doing so because I don't think I quite got to fully... Uh, when the album came out because it was released right before we started this podcast. We, and we talked about it coming into this, knowing a few weeks ago that this was going to be our path and I have held off. So this will also be my first listen to this, uh, this album in any, in any right, actually. I don't think I know a hit off this. Maybe I do from passing on the radio, but I don't think I do. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be an interesting one. And, uh, Definitely quite a bit to dive into here. And, well, Harry Styles is an interesting man. That is for sure. And he's been everywhere. And, uh, um, I'm yeah, I'm really excited for this one. I have a lot to say, good and bad, about it. But I'm really looking forward to it and just offering some thoughts on one of the most interesting artists in pop music right now. 
Yeah, I, I can't wait. I, I'm I'm literally going into this blind, and I, I'm excited about that. Yes, so super excited for that, for Harry's house. But in the meantime, for updates on that, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Turntables and Tea Podcast. We are also now on Twitter at Turntables Tea. That's all it is. There was a character limit on the username, which I don't love, but is what it is. We're still working on building that one up a bit, but it's going to get there. And of course, subscribe wherever you're listening to us. We appreciate all of the support. And uh, this month has been incredible for the streams, especially. Um, Actually, Renaissance is our most uh, streamed episode in the quickest amount of time. That's not the best way to put it, but... Yeah, and uh, what a great time to, we've already thanked everybody uh, as far on social media, but thanks to anybody who hasn't seen it, we just reached our all-time over 2,000 listens, so we we can, we couldn't even do it, you know, we do it for you guys, we couldn't do it without you, it's amazing, it is amazing. Yeah, and that number might not seem like a huge amount to some people, but it really is because this is an independent podcast, we don't have any major backers like iHeartRadio or whatever, we're doing this all on our own. And so to have gotten to that point is really incredible. And we're incredibly grateful for the support. And we just hope to keep on growing from here. That's definitely. And keep spinning and spilling. And we're going to do some good spinning and spilling next week. I know that much. (laughs) I think we did some with this one too. So yeah, man. But in the meantime, just Stay safe and remember, it's not the same as it was once you listen to turntables and tea. Peace!